You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy. Uh, we have a cool show planned today. We're going to be previewing some of these Senior Bowl prospects. It's kind of going to be a Senior Bowl preview show. Um, this is obviously being recorded on Tuesday. It's going to come out on Wednesday. So Tuesday was the first day of practices at the Senior Bowl. Um, so some of the stuff you'll you'll start seeing come out on Twitter, websites, whatever you're looking for as far as some of the stuff we're talking about might um might be already available to you by the time this comes out, but we're going to kind of give you a preview. Um, we have two guests on today, uh, Tyler Browning of Blue Chip Scout. Um, he does R&D scouting and the Cowboys Wire for does draft coverage um, for all those different websites, all those different sites, uh, puts a ton of work and time in. Um, Tyler, I met you at the Senior Bowl probably three or four years ago, I want to say it was. Um and like I said, I'm excited to have you on. I know you spend a ton of time doing a ton of good work on this stuff, way more than I've done so far. So I wanted to get you on and uh, we're going to talk about some of these these guys that we're going to be paying attention to, uh, putting some close eyes on this week at the Senior Bowls. We think that they could be some fits for the Cowboys and maybe where we see them fitting in with the team. But I appreciate you coming on and talking some uh, draft and Senior Bowl with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Like I think... I don't know if it, it was three years ago, I think. I think me and Dalton were recording a Talk in the Star podcast in your Airbnb when you were in there and you 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 joined us for a little bit on some, you made some comments on some players. I think that was before you even really got to start um, writing and talking about the stuff. So it's kind of cool to circle back and now you're going to be the one answering a lot of my questions today. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a fun time. I was just a uh, rookie with my foot in the door at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, uh, I was telling Tyler before we got started, like normally I used to start doing these draft prospects, you know, months ago, mid part of the regular season. I was like, it's just gotten the NFL coverage and everything else has gotten so busy that I, I normally start when the Cowboys are out of it. And unfortunately that's the case. And unfortunately I'm getting a little bit later start than I wanted to, but um, yeah, I mean, let's dive into it. I mean, there's a ton of good guys um, down in mobile this week. Um it's a interesting draft class that that I think that's the word I want to use because there's not a ton of dudes that I'm like super, super excited about this year. And that's not to say that there aren't good guys in this class because there are. There's guys at the top. There's guys, there's depth. There's all of that. But, man, it just feels like for me at least there's normally like five or six guys in each round that I'm like even like fourth, fifth, sixth round. And there, there's some of those dudes in here that I'm just super excited about. Um, 
And like, I don't get that vibe for this class this year. I haven't, you know, dove into it deep enough to really have a strong opinion on it. But before we get started on some of these select names that we're going to talk about, like give us just an overall rundown of what you've seen in this class and maybe some of those guys um, in Mobile. And if you kind of share the same sentiment there that I have. Um, yeah, so off of preliminary viewings, this draft is very top-heavy. The stars in this class are going to be absolute stars in the league. Your Kyle Hamilton's, Kayvon Thibodeau's, Evan Neal's, they're all way out of the Cowboys draft range at 24. There's some good depth, especially at edge this year. That's a really loaded group. There's some intriguing safety prospects, but I know the Cowboys – Avoid safety like the Blake. Uh, the corner class is pretty good. And there's some intriguing options around round one and two among the offensive line. Yeah, no, that's definitely kind of the, the vibe I get. You know, like while the quarterbacks aren't there at the top of this draft, like you got your you got your two or two pass rushers that you know a lot of teams are gonna like. You got the safety and Kyle Hamilton, you got a few of those stud offensive linemen. So like by no means is it not a talented draft class. I think my biggest issue is like once I get outside of that top 50 or 60 range, I, I struggle to find those guys that I seem to love in all the other draft classes so far. And again, I'm no, I'm 20, 25 guys in where I've gotten good looks at and maybe 50 total guys where I've seen enough to be able to talk about them. So I'm speaking a little bit out of, out of place here, but um, I wanted to talk about some of these guys at the senior bowl and it's kind of a, a spread out group. There's some guys that we're going to be talking about who were round one guys. Some guys we're going to be talking about be second and third round guys. Some guys even a little bit later than that, but um, I'm going to start with a position that a lot of people have been talking about uh, mainly because it was one of the main positions this year for the Cowboys. that stayed consistent throughout the year and that's the tight end position and Dalton Schultz, who's a free agent, I think many people are expecting him to head out in free agency. Um, and a guy down in Mobile this week who could be a really nice fill-in for Dalton Schultz is Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. Uh, what have you seen from Ruckert so far, and do you think he's a guy that could take over and play uh, play a viable role in the Cowboys' offense in a rookie season? Uh, yeah, Ruckert was pretty good in my watchings, honestly. I did his report for Cowboys Wire – and it'll be posted in a couple of days, but he was uh, he was really good at using his body in contested catch scenarios. Really good at uh, boxing out defenders, getting the in best position for the catch. He was a good vertical threat to stretch the seam and force safety to stay active. Uh, he was in a variety of ways. He was split out in line, even had reps as a H back. And he had pretty reliable hands. You didn't see too many drop passes. His glaring weakness, I would say, is blocking. It's not really his strong suit. He often lowers his head when charging at a defender, making it easy to sidestep him. Um, he can get relatively thrown off balance by push-pull moves by defensive ends. And I think he really just needs to engage his lower half more when he's asked to block. But overall, he's probably a good round three option at tight end if the Cowboys are looking. Yeah, and he's not the type of dude who's got the insane college production either. Um, you know, people will probably look at him. He hasn't 
he, you know, he's, he's dealt with some injuries throughout his career at Ohio state. He wasn't a guy who put up these flashy numbers. So I think that's, you know, but when you, when you turn on the tape and you see the things he does, you get excited about some of the things he can do and some of the things he's able to develop at. And like you mentioned, some of his struggles in the blocking game, I think there's a lot of areas there that he could improve on and develop in, um, in the next level and, and make him a, a, a better blocker. And, the crazy thing is, is like when Dalton Schultz was coming out of Stanford, it was a lot about his blocking at Stanford, how good of a blocker he was blocking for Jonathan Taylor and all that. And it kind of, the, the roles reversed as, as his career progressed. But um, the next thing I want to talk about is on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and it's kind of a similar thing. J. Ron Curse is a free agent. Uh, we didn't really expect a ton of him coming into the year, but he had a really nice year in Dan Quinn's defense. Um I'm not comparing Jalen Petrie to J. Ron Kirsch because they're two totally different body types. J. Ron Kirsch is a long, bigger, taller, you know, just he's almost a linebacker in a safety position. And Jalen Petrie out of Baylor plays a similar role as him, a guy who can play up, play down. He can cover tight ends. He can cover – like he can kind of do the similar things. They're just different body types. But um, I really got deep into Jalen Petrie's tape uh, this week and was really impressed with him. I mean, he's – He's six foot sub 200 pounds of a smaller safety prospect. Um, And I hate to even call him a safety because he does so many different things. I think they called him a star uh, player is what they called him in Baylor. He kind of plays that dime nickel role where he's playing up, down, he moves all over the place. Kind of the role that the Rams have used Jalen Ramsey in recently. Um, And he's done really well in that role. I mean, he's, he makes a ton of tackles for loss. He makes plays behind the line of scrimmage. He makes plays down the field. Um, he doesn't give up a ton in coverage. Like he's just a, he's a really fun player, a uh, guy who likes to hit. He's got that dog mentality to him. So I, I've been a big fan of what I've seen from Petrie so far. And I know he had a really good day of practice uh, today. So I'm, uh, I'm really interested in diving into more of his tape and seeing how he progresses throughout this week. Cause I think he could be a, a big riser in this process and, and he'd be a guy I'd have circled if I was the Cowboys because I think that he fills a he fills a position of need for this team. I mean, like you talked about the safety position, they don't value it a ton, but I really just wonder if Jalen Petrie could kind of turn into that Javon Holland type of prospect from last year where, you know, they're not really sure where to play him, but he does all these things well. He's physical. He's got ball skills. He can cover. He can play the run. Um, so I'm I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I'm actually. I've recently seen this comp from, and I kind of like it. Uh, the lit, this comp is a souped up Jacoby Stevens, and Jacoby Stevens was uh, mainly a box safety from last year. It was at times misused at LSU, but based off everything I've heard about Petrie, I haven't got to his film, but it seems like he's an exceptional box player, really good in run support. His range is questionable. You don't want to leave him single high, but he can be capable and too high. He has good change of direction skills, and he's really physical. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I like that. You know, obviously, a lot of people probably like Jacoby Stevens. He was like a, I think, it was a seventh round pick, and you know, he's not. I don't know what he's doing in the league now, but I mean, I, I. I I kind of, like I said, when I watched him, I saw those the same things I like with Javon Holland last year. Um, just a guy who can play multiple roles, do different things. Um, yeah. And he's a ton of fun. Uh, I haven't watched this guy yet, but I know he's one you wanted to talk about. Uh, cornerback's a position 
that a lot of people are looking to upgrade. You know, they, they drafted Kelvin Joseph in the second round last year. He got a little bit of run this year. Um, not enough where I think the fan base or the organization is just totally going to ignore the cornerback position. But uh, Roger McCreary out of Auburn uh, is an intriguing uh, defensive back. What did you? What have you seen with him? Because I haven't watched him enough yet to really give strong opinions on. But I know he's a guy you like quite a bit. Yeah, man, McCreary is fun. He's really good in both man and covered man and zone coverage. He can really be the lockdown corner that Trayvon Diggs is not. Diggs is a big play threat. He's going to make a big player give it up. McCreary, if we would have to spend a first on him, and I don't know if the Cowboys are going to do that, but he can really shut down the other side and force balls to be thrown at Diggs. He's really fun. He's got great speed. I believe he ran like a 10-something in the 100 meter in high school. He's a fantastic all-around athlete. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to di- dive into him because corner is a position for me that, like, if you can, you know, if, say, your linemen aren't there at 24 and you don't love your, you know, you don't want to spend another first-round pick on a receiver and maybe, you know, Dean or, you know, those the, the linebackers there, Lloyd, maybe they're not an option for you or they're already gone. I wouldn't mind spending another uh, first-round pick on a corner and, and pairing that guy with Diggs because – as, gr- as good as, you know, as much as we like Diggs and what he brings to the table, I think you could make your defense a lot better if you had a more consistent number two on the other side. Or, or maybe that is your number one eventually, and Diggs is your number two that just, you know, he's going to get more targets and continue to get those picks. But I definitely don't think corner is a position that I'm totally ready to ignore. Uh, I want to stay on the defensive side of the ball and talk about another guy that I still haven't watched a whole lot of, and that's Devontae Wyatt. Um, I know he's another guy that you like a lot. I'm really going to start diving into the defensive linemen uh, this coming up week. So I'm uh, excited to dive into him. And I know he's a guy that uh, a lot of people are real high on. Um, you know, there's there's some real good talent there at the end of the first round, you know, through the middle of the second round for that defensive line. But what are your thoughts on Devontae Wyatt? What can you expect to see from him this week in Mobile? Man, Devontae White is one of my favorite players in this class. There's a picture of him and Jordan Dave on Twitter. And Jordan just towers over him, makes <laughs> Devontae look tiny. But Devontae White's no slouch either. Uh, his listed weight on Georgia's side is 6'2", 315. He played a lot of that three tech because Jordan Davis is a mountain of a man. And he's really good at getting out to the passer. He has a good pass rush arsenal. He keeps his pads fairly low. He establishes leverage well. He can eat up double teams in the run and disengage blocks. I think he could play the one tech in Dallas fine that we've been long missing. Just Georgia used him at three tech because they had the mountain and Jordan Davis. <laughs> but Devontae Wyatt graded actually higher than Jordan Davis for me. He's a high second rounder. I really like Wyatt. Yeah, no doubt. Um, like I said, I'm excited. I, I watched the Georgia guys live a lot this year. And between him and Davis, you you got really excited. Um, and, and again, the crazy thing is, is they got some even better dudes, I think, coming out of Georgia in the next few years. So it's going to be 
They're, they're a, they're a defensive factory. Um, they have been for a few years. They're going to continue to be for the next few years as well. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about a guy who we thought was going to come out last year, who's in mobile this year as a senior. And that's my Jay Sanders, uh, the Cincinnati edge rusher. Um, he's a guy that I watched a lot last year. Cause I expected him to come out last year. I loved him last year. And then I watched what he did this year and I loved him this year. Um, I really don't get why he's not being talked about more because he's had the production. He's got the traits. I mean, I know he's not the longest or um, he's not the, he's not the most explosive guy. Um, but I mean, just when you watch him on tape, it's hard not to like the way he plays. I mean, he rushes a passer. Well, um, he, you know, he needs to be better against the run, but I like the way he rushes the passer. I think he's got the traits to be good against the run. He weighed in a little bit smaller than I think some expected in mobile. Um, so, you know, I think he's got the, that's, that can be looked at as a positive or a negative that he's able to get up. He's played around 255. Um, I think he weighed in a little bit over 230 uh, at Mo- in Mobile. So interested to see what weight he's going to find himself at and play at. But, I mean, he's a guy, like I said, that, that I, uh, I was really excited about last year. I watched his stuff this year, and I, I continued to just grow um, as, as far as being excited with him. I think he's a guy who could – who can be, you know, a, a, you know, seven to 10 sack guy a year. Um, you know, if you, even if you don't, you know, even if you do bring a guy like Randy Gregory back, he's a guy that in the second, you know, if he's there in the second round or if you trade back in the first, you, depending on where he's at, I think he's going to be a second round player for a lot of teams. Um, if you wanted to trade up in the second round and do your DeMarcus Lawrence plan from a few years ago again and get, get a guy in Sanders from Cincinnati, um, what's something you want to see from him this week, though, in Mobile to really prove uh, his worth as one of the better edge rushers in this class outside of your top two big names? Um, in this first watch through, I haven't done a full deep dive, but in this pass rush, pass rush plan, he seemed fairly reactionary rather than being an instigator. I'd like to see him dip more into his toolbox of moves and really attack offensive linemen. Uh, You control their hand movement by attacking their forearm to the elbow. So I'd love to see him start realizing to attack there. I'd like to see him hold up against the run better. His play strength wasn't the best there. I think his ideal playing weight is hopefully somewhere 240 to 245. I think he can have success there. I think for him to have early success, he's going to have to be paired with another good edge rusher and a good D lineman. That way he can give him opportunities on twists and stunts, stuff like that. But I think he'll be good in the pros. Yeah. And like I said, I think he's also a guy that's just going to continue to get better. I mean, that Cincinnati defense is also – we were just talking about it with Georgia, but they've been putting a, putting a lot of guys in the league and, and their defense continues to be one of the main reasons they've been so successful. So – He's a guy I'm really interested in seeing this week because I think if he has a big week, people will start to pay attention a little bit more. I mean, again, he plays with so much burst and explosiveness. Um, He's got length to him. Like I said, it's just playing stronger and more consistent for him. I saw him eat but fall Lele, that Minnesota tackle on his butt earlier today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, he's got juice. There's no doubt about it. Like I said, it's just putting it all together. And, and again, you know, just just being more consistent with the way he plays. Um, all right, I want to talk about three more guys. Um, one of the guys is Trevor Penning, 
um, out of Northern Iowa, big tackle prospect. I mean, he's a huge, I mean, I don't know what he would, I need to get the measurements from the senior bowl, but um, a lot of the other draft sites have him at six, seven, three twenty. So he's a big guy. Uh, he's played left tackle for Northern Iowa, but he's had his experience playing right tackle as well. Have you watched much of Penning and what are you kind of looking for uh, this week at the senior bowl? I haven't gotten to him yet. I got to Bernard Raymond, but I've heard nothing but good things about Penning. I know with other offensive linemen there last year, I think it was Spencer Brown. Everyone was saying, you need to watch out for Benning. He's going to be the real right. deal. I think he ranks pretty highly on Brugler's list of, of top offensive tackles. But Benning is a, apparently a fantastic athlete. He has good frame, has binds for arms. Uh, he's got good footwork. I mean, I don't know how much is really missing with him other than seeing him play at the upwards level of competition, which we're seeing this week. Yeah, no doubt. The one, I mean, I mean, again, he's a big, and I hate to like, one thing I've tried to learn in this process, is I don't knock guys for the things that like they can't really help. And I did see some instances on his tape where he does be, able, he, he's a little tight in the hips at times. He's a little tight. You know, he's not great at, He's not a super good bender, but he's six foot seven. Like you can't expect a six foot seven to be super flexible. And again, it's not to say that he's stiff because I wouldn't call him stiff. I just think he does have some tightness in his hips. And sometimes in his lower half when he does have to bend, um, you know, bend and show knee bend and all that, which, which again, those are things that can be coached and and taught as well. Um, But I think he's a guy that he's got experience playing, you know, both tackle spots. So, you know, how much the Cowboys like that versatility. And like you said, I think this will be a big week for him to kind of prove himself uh, amongst some of those those bigger names and bigger schools and bigger prospects. Um, one guy, last guy on your list, I got one other guy I wanted to touch on, but Darian Kennard. It's another interior offense lineman from Kentucky. I know you're a big fan of. Give us a rundown of Kennard and what we're looking for this week from him. Uh, man, Kennard was really impressed me with his play when I – watched him a couple days ago. I think he could instantly step in and be the guard opposite of Zach Martin's replacement for long term. He can step in and fill the uh, adequate at best play Connor Williams has produced. Uh, I know they switched Al Williams with McGovern, but that experiment experiment was fairly short-lived. Uh, Gennard is an absolute mauler, loves burying people in the dirt. He has loose, flexible hips. He has experience playing tackle. That's actually where he played at Kentucky, but I think his arm length kicks him inside at the next level. Um, I think he'd benefit from being inside good tackle play like Tyron or Lyell. Um, the Cowboys have a Kentucky pipeline, it seems like they like, with – uh, Kelvin Joseph and Boana. So I think he could be a real option in the second round. His yeah. worst trait is probably his anchor is balance, but those are things that can be ironed out in the pros. Andy's a Andy's a tank, so. Oh yeah. I mean, again, uh, if if a guy's two ninety and I see him have anchor and power issues, I'm like, okay, you know, that could could you know that could transfer over to be an issue. But if you're 320, 330 plus, and 
maybe you just need some technique things lined out to be able to anchor in and hold in better then then I'll take my chances on that that 340 guy figuring it out <laughs> yeah he's really good pace too he's yeah. he's very controlled in his movement yep last guy I want to touch on and I don't know how much you've seen of him uh Zion Johnson from Boston College have you uh have you checked in on him at all? I have not watched a ton. I've maybe caught a couple games, but I can talk on them. Yeah, he was a guy I watched some today. I saw some people talking about, um, you know, what he was doing today and how impressed they were with him. And um, I just think that, like you said, he's a guy that he's a plug-and-play guard. You know, this team needs a left guard. Um, he – good in pass protection he's a good run blocker he operates well in space he's strong he's athletic like he doesn't have many negatives to his game and that's one of the biggest things for me is you know if you don't have negatives that's guys I want to spend first round picks on you know obviously there's sometimes where you take a you take a swing you know they kind of did it last year with Micah Parsons where they took a they took a little bit of a risk taking a guy that they didn't see a lot of pass rush with and had some things that he needed to improve on. And it turned out to be a huge reward. But when I'm drafting in that back end of the first round, I'm not betting on length. I'm not betting on the, you know, the, 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 the flashes that they show. I'm going to bet on a guy who I know who's going to be a good professional for 10 years. And I think that for Zion Johnson, that's a guy I see. I think he's going to be a, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be Zach Martin because I don't think that that's what we're getting. But I think that you look at what like a Ron Leary was towards, you know, the the prime of his career. I think that that's kind of what I see in Zion Johnson, a guy who he can run block, he can pass protect, he moves well, he he anchors in well, like he just does everything well. Um, he plays with a nasty uh, mentality, which we think we need more of that on this offense. So Zion Johnson's a guy that, you know, if 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 your if your options your offensive line options aren't there in the first round if you're you know if you have your guys like Linderbaum you have your your greens of the world and all those type of guys go off the board and Zion Johnson's there and you don't want to go with one of those other positions that we've talked about he'd be a guy that I'd really consider and and maybe you get in a situation where you could trade back a little bit pick up some more capital and land him whatever it is but um, he's a guy that I like a lot from my initial watches and I'm I'm really excited to see him this week Um, you know, do his thing. Cause I think he could, he could help his stock a lot as well. Yeah. Zion, if honestly, if there's a player you had to beg for this class who finishes the most pro bowls, I think Zion would be, he's has great hand placement. He mirrors pass rushers. Well, his footwork is perfectly in response to his hands. He's a great mover in space. Uh, He's really very well-rounded, like you said. Yeah. just There's just not a lot of things you watch with him. You go, hey, he's not doing that good enough, or he, he, he can't move well, or he doesn't anchor in well. Like, he just does does every everything well. And he's, you know, he's only played some – you know, he's played mostly left guard, but he has had some spurts at left tackle. So, he, you know, again, he's going to be an interior offensive lineman, but we know how much the Cowboys like the, the versatility and – you know, if you have to move a guy out to tackle or whatever that is, you, you might be able to do that. So um, that's all I have on my list. Do you have anybody else or any other positions that you're keeping an eye on this week in Mobile that 
we should be telling people to uh, keep their eyes on and uh, pay attention to while the practices progress throughout the week? Um, I've got a couple of players. Uh, Max Mitchell, offensive tackle out of Louisiana. He was in Dane Burglar's top eight offensive tackles. I'm excited to see him. Uh, Fedarian Mathis, another one tech out of Alabama. He has really heavy hands and a great presence in the run game. And then another safety, which we know the Cowboys hate, <laughs> but very excited Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. Yeah, he's he's long, right? Big dude. Yeah, he's got really good measurables from what I've seen, and he's really rangy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'm, it's like I wish – I mean, there's 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 some guys that dropped out of the Senior Bowl last minute. That always happens. That I was excited to see, and you know, obviously, it's a lot of the bigger names who might not want to risk an injury or anything like that. But a lot of the positions that Cowboys need to address in this draft, especially within that top 100, a lot of those guys are going to be in Mobile this week. Um, so as a fan, that's why we wanted to come on here, give you some names to pay attention to, and even just some positions. I mean, the offensive lines loaded in Mobile, the tight ends are loaded in Mobile. There's some good receivers in Mobile. There's some good corners in Mobile. So, I mean, again, there's there's a uh, there's a ton of talent that the Cowboys could consider within that top 100 in Mobile and uh, this week. And just just wanted to give some names for you to pay attention to and uh, talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're full into draft season. I'm, I think, 25 reports in. I need to step up my game for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. But uh, Tyler, man, I appreciate you coming on, uh, talking about some of these guys we need to keep our eyes on. Kyle Yeomans is going to join me in a second. And pre- uh, we're going to review the first day of practices of the Senior Bowl. And he might give us some previews of the second day of practices um, of the Senior Bowl. So we're going to have we're going to have Kyle Yeomans on here in a second to uh, give us a rundown of what happened today and what he's expecting to look forward for to tomorrow. Uh, Tyler, again, thanks so much for coming on. And we'll be with uh, Kyle here in just a second. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. It was a blast. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm joined by Kyle Yeomans of DallasCowboys.com, who is currently at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Kyle, how's it going? It's going great. It always is a fun time, the fact that the draft does indeed start in Mobile. And it, it's funny because they, they've made that slogan years <laughs> ago and they've kept it around. But it really does feel that way because going into it, you, you watch all the tape and you kind of have the guys kind of in a – certain order but really getting to see them go up against each other live is it's a different type 
of evaluation. And so it's a lot of fun and I'm excited for the rest of the week. So last year was the first year I hadn't gone in like probably five years and I didn't go this year either. Um, it's just crazy. Cause like before I went, I'd watch all the stuff on the NFL network and it's just, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Like no, you can think you're getting not. like, you, you can think like, me and Dalton Miller used to always like joke, not joke on people, but we'd be like, people, these people aren't here. Like they don't know what they're seeing. Cause like, they'd be like, you know, they just show the highlights of like one player and be like, Oh, he's killing it. I'm like, dog, he just got crushed like 10 plays in a row, you know? Yep. So it's like, I get it. Cause NFL network's not going to show you the bad reps of people that are supposed to, you know, be the talk of the town, but it's a, uh, it's a completely different beast being there and seeing the guys do every rep. Mm-hmm. do every everything you know i mean i just loved hanging around the hotel a lot and watching those guys walk around and how they carry themselves and you know you're close enough where you can hear their interviews with a lot of the teams and stuff it's just a cool experience all in all together yeah it really is and, and last year we didn't get to go either so my first year covering the draft for dallascowboys.com was 2020 it was before covid and it was kind right. of a normal senior bowl and um i mean just knowing then what you get from an evaluation standpoint of getting to see, like you said, the interactions on the sidelines with the way right. they, they take coaching from these different coaching staffs that come in. And then of course the rep to, or the rep after rep. I mean, for instance, the, the national or no, excuse me, the American team practice had uh, Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher from Florida state going up against Darian Kennard from Kentucky offensive tackle. And, or at least he played offensive tackle. I think he translates more as a guard, Absolutely. but he played right, right tackle throughout uh, the practice today. Jermaine Johnson got every bit of Kennard on the first rep. And then Kennard came back and was able to battle back and had a great rep the second time. And then they traded back and forth going uh, one, uh, one, mono, mono, one-on-one with these guys. And, then at the end of the practice, they kind of gave them a little bit of a showcase as well. So I, it was a good taste of, hey, this is this is where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to see every one of these reps throughout the course of practice, because if you didn't get those reps, uh, it's really not the same. And even last year, getting the all 22 after it was over with, after watching the NFL Network practice, it, it just wasn't the exact same thing as being here and being in Mobile. So uh, I'm going to do my best to try and outline what it's been like throughout the, the week. You uh, you talked a little about Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher. I want to talk about another edge rusher real quick who was on your other winner's list, uh, mm-hmm. Maje Sanders, Cincinnati edge rusher. Um, he's a guy I kind of expected to come out last year, so I remember doing a full report on him. Um, kind of had him as a you know late first round, second, you know, that one-two round uh, grade yeah. on him. And I just feel like he's the kind of guy that's not getting – I mean, like he had the production, he went up against good talent. Like he, you know, in the playoffs, he played relatively well. Like I feel like for a guy who has a production, like he's got good size to him. He's explosive. Like I know he relies maybe on that a little too much right now, but mm-hmm. he just doesn't seem to be getting the love that I think he'd be getting, um, you know, this time last year when I was looking at him be like, Oh, he's going to stay around another year. He'll be a, for sure. First round lock next year. Yeah. But kind of falling off a little bit on that hype train, but would you see from him today? And do you think he's a guy that could maybe get himself back into that, that discussion? Yeah. And I mean, my early grade on him is a, a high second round pick. So it's not like he's necessarily low on my list, but I, I didn't come into him or into mobile with him 
as one of those guys that you were really excited to watch. He was on my list, of course, of guys that I wanted to watch, but he jumped off the page uh, today. The way that he went up against some really good offensive tackles, Daniel Falele from Minnesota. Uh, He went up against Trevor Penning a couple times out of Northern Iowa and, and was really competitive, if not winning the those battles the majority of the time throughout the the practice the the pros and the cons that I have on him explosive first step and short area quickness is something that I had written down in my film study of him previously and how explosive he is off the line of scrimmage and with an awesome first set really looks like a a weak side 4-3 defensive end and he showed that today I mean just right off the bat they were even doing uh, positional drills where it was just offensive line or excuse me, defensive linemen and just coming off the ball and how quickly they get off the ball. And they were doing it in a line of five or four or five guys at a time. And he was m- almost every single one of those reps quicker than the guys next to him. So that explosive, that explosive first step was there uh, even from the early parts of practice. And then he took that into the competitive side of the drills as well and, and really expanded upon that. It's interesting to see what the scouts are going to do moving forward with him and his strength, because that's one of the big knocks is he's not the biggest guy. He has some lower body strength and overall length, but he's not like one of those guys that's going to just jump off the page and out muscle a lot of these bigger NFL offensive tackles. And I think he was able to do that today. I mean, Falele is six foot seven and every single inch of it. Right. And the, the massive offensive tackles he went up against today, I thought he did a really good job against. Another guy on your list who I wanted to touch on a little bit uh, was Perrion Winfrey, uh, defense mm-hmm. lineman out of Oklahoma. Um, he's on the same team as Sanders. So that you saw them kind of beside each other, you know, in the same yeah. practice reps. Um, three Tech's an interesting spot for me with this team because they've invested the resources in it. You know, they spent a second round pick on Tristan Hill. They, you know, they spend the third round pick this year on Oso Digizua. And not to say that they're bad at three tech, but we saw yeah. flashes from Oso this year where you're like, okay, this kid can be good, but he kind of hit that rookie wall at the midpoint of the year. And, you know, he have some flashes, but he disappeared for a lot of the games. And you worry about it because I think, you like what you have in Neville Gallimore, who's kind of playing your one tech role. And for mm-hmm. a while, I thought he would be your three tech. And then you'd have, you know, you'd have a big, strong three tech in Neville Gallimore. And then you were a Brent Urban or Carlos Watkins, but it ended up kind of rotating yeah. out of that. Um, for me, I just feel like you're looking, I think you can still upgrade to that three tech spot and have Osa be that part time player, have a guy who, you know, can play 20, 25 snaps a game and give you production in those and not have to expect to play as much but what'd you see from Winfrey and did any of the other three technique you know explosive interior guys stand out yeah I thought I thought both him and then Otito Ogbonia I don't I'm, I'm totally butchering his name because I haven't UCLA, seen pronunciation right? yet I UCLA yeah and I I didn't even have his pronunciation yet because I hadn't gotten to his film but both of those guys really jumped out today uh, on the interior of the offensive line in that first practice. And it wasn't a great group, I think, offensive line-wise that that stood out. Um, I'm trying to look at some of the names that were a part of that group here in just a second. But um, I, I thought Winfrey and Ogbonia both really dominated their reps in the, comp- the, the competition side of practice, which is really interesting because 
you're mentioning these names like Osa Adigizua and Neville Gallimore and the last two draft classes, Dallas has taken two defensive tackles, both of which went to the senior bowl. One of one went to Oklahoma and one went to UCLA. So it's familiar territory. Now talking about Winfrey who went to Oklahoma and now uh, Agbonia who went to UCLA. So Maybe it's a, a familiar territory enough to where the Cowboys could look at it. Winfrey, I have an early third-round grade on at the moment. He could jump to the second. Um, but he's right around that same kind of uh, mindset, that same kind of realm that both Gallimore and uh, Odigizua were in whenever the Cowboys kind of looked that direction. And I'm kind of with you. It's an awkward spot because both of those right. guys are so young. They still have so much ahead of them in terms of, of growing in the NFL and kind of growing into their own on that defensive line. But you also see just how strapped they are to stop the run at the moment. And, and the run defense was a, a problem again. It has been for the last three or four seasons. And if you don't do something about it, you feel like maybe you're, you're treading water in a place that you can't necessarily afford to tread water in. So, Maybe they look in that direction again. If it's another Oklahoma D tackle or a UCLA D tackle, it would be surprising, but it would be familiar at the same time. And both of those guys had good practices today. I want to flip over to another position that's kind of in an interesting spot, um, and that's cornerback. Uh, obviously, we, yeah. you know, Trayvon Diggs set the league on fire this year. And, and we're not going to sit here and pretend like Trayvon Diggs is Jalen Ramsey because that's not what he is, but he plays his own <laughs> style of game and it's very productive. Yep. And there's every team in the NFL would love to have a guy who picks 11 pat, you know, balls off and has the upside that he has being as young and new to the position as he is. But I feel like that's, you know, Anthony Brown played well this year for the most part. Uh, Jordan Lewis played well this year for the most part, but you're looking at a spot where, you can start to maybe envision the front office moving on from some of those guys to save some cap space. Yeah. And it's not like Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis are guys that you don't want to ever try to upgrade either. Um, So you get into a position where a guy like Roger McCreary could be an option for the Cowboys at the end of the first round, if things don't look good at offensive line, wide receiver, Mm -hmm. whatever positions they're valuing right now. And, And obviously they spent a second round pick on Kelvin Joseph, Uh, last year out of Kentucky but I just feel like that cornerback position is kind of in that awkward realm that we were talking about where it's like yeah it might not like you know pop out at you as this pressing need but it's one of the most valuable positions in the NFL and if you can have three or four guys who can play that goes a long ways in in success for your defense so I know you had McCreary on your list of standouts Mm -hmm. um Based on like what you see from him from a physical standpoint and athletic standpoint, do you think he's a guy that would fit in with Dan Quinn and, and possibly take over as that, I guess you could say number two, but even possibly show traits as a number one corner in Dallas? Yeah, I think he could really take over and kind of be that slot guy if you wanted to see an upgrade over Jordan Lewis or maybe you wanted to save some money uh, from a cap space standpoint. Maybe he does play that. He, he showed versatility in practice today. Played the majority of the time in the slot, but he did flex outside and did play both sides as outside corner. So he showed the uh, the ability to kind of travel there, which is what you like maybe in a young corner like that. And he's not as physical as some of the guys that I think Dan Quinn would like. Uh, you think about some of the draft picks that that at least he's already made with Kelvin Joseph last year and then Nashawn Wright. I mean, both of those guys to a certain extent have a physicality 
to their game. Whereas McCreary, though he can step up and he can make a hit and he's good open field tackler, he's not necessarily that physical at the line of scrimmage. You're not getting off of me sort of guy. He's more of a guy that's going to stick in your hip pocket and kind of travel with you right. uh, throughout the route. And he's done so against some of the best competition in college football with guys like Williams and 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 from Alabama and Mechie from Alabama, and, and he traveled then as well. So I, I think there's a chance that he could maybe slip into the first round. Maybe he's an early second-round guy, which is an awkward situation for the Cowboys because right. for the first time in years, corner is probably not at the top of the list in terms of needs for this team because of what you said in your opening question. Because Trayvon Diggs is there, you do have a solidified starting three with Anthony Brown and and – Jordan Lewis, at least enough so to where you feel comfortable there. You don't have to upgrade, and you've got a young guy like Kelvin Joseph that you hope moves into a starting role at some point here in the next year as well. So maybe corner isn't an early round need, but I still think you can maybe go late into the third, maybe fourth round, having that mindset of you, you're never too rich at cornerback you can always add a little bit of depth there and maybe McCreary's a little bit too rich for them to maybe think hey first or second round guy but at least today he was really impressive and, and worked up to the billing as being one of the top corners here in Mobile for sure for sure another guy I want to talk about a cornerback position who's not in that you know top I wouldn't even say top 50 right now but it's Kobe Bryant from uh, Cincinnati yeah. um, you know he had some some impressive reps today in practice uh, Cincinnati has obviously two corners um, coming out this year who who are talented. I know he wasn't on your list, but were you impressed with what you saw from Bryant today in his practice? Because he kind of fits, I think, the Dan Quinn mold a little bit more than than a yeah. guy like McCreary. Yeah, I had him on on one of my guys to watch because he's right around that six foot one right. realm and and is a, a good long corner. Uh, I liked what I saw. It wasn't an impressive practice for me. He didn't have any of the flashy plays. And that's kind of what I was expecting to see was a good fundamentally sound practice. And that's really what, uh, what Kobe Bryant did today. And I mean, he was very successful at Cincinnati, Jim Thorpe award winner. And, and a lot of people think he wasn't even the best corner on his own team, which is a, a good point just based off the fact that you have a guy on the team like Ahmad Gardner, who had such a good season there, but uh, I, I do like Kobe and I, I think I'm going to watch him a little bit more uh, moving into tomorrow's practice. And then even on Thursday, just based off the fact that I, I wasn't really impressed with the wide receiver group. I thought there was kind of a, a lack in terms of the competition there. And uh, because of that, there was a lot of uh, the DBs winning those battles over and over right. again, because not only Kobe, but uh, Tyreek Woolen did a nice job. Tariq Castro Fields from Penn State did a good job. Darian Kendrick from Georgia was behind McCreary in terms of one of the most impressive uh, cornerbacks throughout the, the day here in Mobile. The only guy that really didn't impress me from a cornerback standpoint was uh, Josh Thompson out of Texas. I thought he had a day where he was getting burnt by <laughs> middle of the road wide receivers. It wasn't really a great day for him, but hey, that's what tomorrow's for. You come back and rebound, and maybe Josh Thompson's able to do that as well. No doubt. I was going to ask you about receivers, but you kind of answered that question. Yeah, that's another – Another. we've said it like two or three times, but another awkward position for the Cowboys right yep. now. Like, Isn't everything an awkward position for the Cowboys at the same time? Because I mean, just, outside of 
I guess you can say outside of even I guess a lot of people would argue that the quarterback position <laughs> right now, but that's everything that's, could have an upgrade, maybe not yeah. quarterback this year, but it, everything could have an upgrade to a certain extent or could use the depth to a certain extent. And that's the weird part about the Cowboys. And maybe that bodes well for a, uh, for best player available. Just take the yeah. best player that's on your board. As long as he's not a quarterback and then move on. And then later rounds, throw the quarterback into the mix as well. Let's go get Absolutely. a Sam Howell in the fourth. If he stays there, I doubt that he stays there, but uh, <laughs> do something like that to maybe try and uh, sure up that room even later on. No doubt. Um, last two positions I kind of want to touch on, and then I want to ask you about a player. But um, offensive line obviously been a big topic of discussion. Um, I didn't see him on your list, but I was going to say, did you see anything from Zion Johnson out of Boston College that that stood out? Because he's he's a guy that I think might not quite be in the twenty, you know, pick twenty four discussion. But yeah. I mean, I'm high on him, you know, to the point where. Mm-hmm. You get to the point where Linderbaum's not there. You know, I, I don't think Green out of Texas A&M is going to be there either. So I'm getting to the point where it's like, if I'm going offensive line, Zion Johnson might be the guy that I'm looking at and zoning in on. So what would you see from him? And do you think he's a guy that uh, would be worth, you know, based off of early looks that he'd be worth a, a, a first round pick from the Cowboys? Yeah, and it's funny because today, of course, the one draft show that I'm not able to be a full part of, they talked about Zion Johnson and how he could be worthy <laughs> – of the number 24 overall pick. And I would have disagreed both Jeff Cavanaugh and Broadus said that they, they feel like he could be there. I'm not there with Zion Johnson. I have an early second round grade on him. Don't get me right. wrong. I like him as a player, but 24 is really rich. And I would rather go a different direction there and then hope maybe he's there at 58 into the second round. One of my biggest knocks on his film was his strength. Uh, and I'll read this just word for word. Cause it was exactly what I saw today. Strength is adequate, but not overly impressive. Nothing that being through a more challenging NFL offseason couldn't fix, but run blocking doesn't shine as much as his pass sets do. And today, I really felt like he was okay from a pass set standpoint. He was able to go up against some of those guard, or excuse me, those edge rushers and, and was able to kind of work around there. But there was a lot of times that I looked up and I saw Zion Johnson either on the ground or losing a battle having to hold to try and keep a, a hold of some of these guys overall. So I I wasn't overly impressed with Johnson today, and I like him as a player. I mean, in terms of my interior offensive lineman, he's number four on my list uh, behind Linderbaum, Green, Kennard, and then it's Johnson. So right. he's high up there on that list for me. Uh, and Kennard, honestly, I, I have as the third interior offensive lineman. I still did, I wasn't super impressed with him today. He had a couple of really good reps late that kind of made up for what was a, a middle of the road day for me, but him and Johnson, I would like to see a little bit more of moving into the latter parts of the the senior bowl. And then my last question before we talk about a player that I'm interested in getting on is tight ends. Um, that's a position that Dalton Schultz more than likely probably going to be gone. Blake Jarman should be here, but you're probably looking to add a guy, you know, mm-hmm. they can, they can step in and play valuable reps right away. Um, Jeremy Ruckert is probably the the top, top name that I'm looking at that's in mobile. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of guys kind of in that, you know, second, third round range that are there yeah. this week. But uh, out of those tight ends that you saw today, did any stand out to you? 
Yeah, a couple guys that I thought looked really good. Uh, I'll start with Trey McBride because I mentioned him on one of our DallasCowboys.com hits that will be released later. But Colorado State, uh, we knew going into Mobile that he was a good receiver, uh, was able to, to catch the football, kind of had that scouting report, and wasn't a, a blocking tight end. But he did. He took the top off of the defense and was able to – to catch a couple passes over the middle, caught one that where he really got past everybody and it would have probably been a long score. Uh, very quick, good hands, good route runner. Uh, so I really liked what McBride showed. And then the opposite of that, Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin was known as an inline blocker and a good blocking tight end. He showed off some of the hands a little bit, a couple poor throws <laughs> back and forth from some of these quarterbacks. And he turned around and was able to make a couple nice grabs and uh, really allowed him to uh, – to show off his receiving ability. So Ferguson, who was known as a blocker, showed out today as a receiver. Trey McBride, who's known as a receiver and showed out as a receiver, showed that he can actually block and was really good in the run game as well. So a couple guys that I, I really liked there. You mentioned Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. I thought him and Charlie Kohler from Iowa State both had solid days. I like this tight end class a, a lot. Out of my nine, top nine tight ends uh seven of them are in mobile the only two uh, being Jaylor Weidermeyer from Texas A&M and Kate Otten from Washington those are the only two guys in my top nine tight ends that's not here at the senior bowl and I thought they they did a really good job of of using those guys as pass blockers or excuse me as blockers and pass catchers throughout the practice both teams really utilized that and, and we got a good chance to kind of showcase them today I don't know that he'd be a good fit for Dallas because what they do and what they're trying to do, but I'm I, I'm a big fan of Cole Turner out of Nevada. Um, okay, a guy who converted wide receiver. You know, more of your, I guess you'd look at him more of your like big, you know, big slot yeah. type of guy. But um, I'm interested to see how he does. He was a wide receiver first, right? Yeah, yeah, he converted from wide yeah. receiver to tight end, and you know, big, long, pretty athletic dude who you know, yeah. again, he's going to be a pass catcher, not a blocker, but yeah depending on what this offense looks to do, which they need to fix the running game, which would – Who they ask, keep in free agency is going to play keep, a big yeah. role in that. So. Yeah, so um, he's a guy I'm kind of looking at late that if they mm-hmm. – you know, because, again, Jarwin's not known for his blocking ability. They, they don't really have a blocking tight end. I guess you could say it's Jeremy Sprinkle, but he plays very little. So yeah. um, if they want to fix the passing game, I'm not sure that the blocking tight end is the, uh, the answer either. <laughs> so there's, there's just a lot of – uncertainty surrounding this football team right now yeah. but um so I was been watching you know a lot of the guys at senior bowl a lot of the guys in this draft in general but um the the main guy that I'm excited about and it, it's not like he's a top five player or anything like that mm-hmm. but Jalen Petrie out of Baylor um okay. he just seems like a dude that I want on my football team and you know again I don't even think he's a top 100 guy he might I don't know he might be but He's a guy that I just think is an undersized version of J. Ron Curse. He's mm. six foot, you know, six foot one, 195, 198 pounds, not as long, not mm. as big, but I mean, he just, he plays like that same style of position where he's lined up, you know, single highs, lined up in the box. He's, he's lined up, you know, as a edge rusher at times and he just, he makes plays. Um, yeah. Did he stand out at all to you today? I know he's kind of – he's been – I've seen some videos of him flying around and doing some good things. But, I mean, his tape at Baylor was really exciting. And, I mean, I think he's a guy that might not be 
getting he, he kind of reminds me of what Javon Holland was last year where it was yeah. like people were so like at first it was he's a top five opposite but people were like oh he's a top five player and then he ended up going you know top 50 or whatever it was mm-hmm. um I think it might be the opposite for for Jalen where it's like he's not really getting that top 100 love but I think he's gonna slide into where Holland ended up going and being a player that people were going man how did he go in the late second round or early third yeah. round because he just does so many things on the football field well yeah, he really does. I mean, so I don't know if you knew this, but I grew up in Waco. So oh, really? like around the Baylor program, my dad works for the university. I watch Baylor football. If North Texas is not playing a game, my alma mater, if they're not playing a game, I'm usually watching Baylor because those are my two go-to teams that I like to watch. And Jalen Petrie is one hell of a football player. He really is. He always gets the job done. He always seems to have his nose to the nose to the grindstone, has a nose for the football. And you're right. He's one of those guys that's just a physical, versatile football yeah. player that can play anywhere on the field and finds a way to get the job done. I because of that, and because I liked him so much out of Baylor, I actually it's this is I've never done this for a prospect, <laughs> but I called I called Barry Church, safety, former safety for the Cowboys, and I said, I need you to come watch a player with me. And I was like, okay. So we, we sat down, we watched three games of Jalen Petrie's. It was against Iowa state, Oklahoma. And then we watched the, the big 12 championship game against Oklahoma state. And he helped me find some of the weak spots of Jalen Petrie's game. So this is your homework assignment for me. So, cause, cause I still think Jalen Petrie's a great player. I think he's a, right. a low end first round pick, maybe high end second round pick. Uh, and he, he, gosh, he's, he's, considered to have a high motor but Barry pointed out that he takes a lot of plays off he takes a lot of time to himself and he, he kind of he makes the big play when he wants to make the big play but if the play doesn't require uh if the play requires him to do extra work he's usually not going to do it so and I, I once I saw that I couldn't really unsee it um, and I wanted to see him do better at that today. And he really didn't. That was the one thing with me is you're right. He did run around and honestly, the practice schedule and the way that it was scripted up, wasn't really the most inducive to showing off the safety right. position today. They didn't really do a ton of like deep passing and uh, a ton of run drills and stuff like that. But uh, I think he being the big 12 player of the year on the defensive side of the football, being one of those, those big time names, I wanted him to show up and kind of, say okay now I'm about to take my game to the next level and at least in day one I didn't necessarily see that maybe day two day three and then whenever the game comes around I'm sure Saturday he's going to be the most exciting player on the field but I wanted to see him do it in practice as well and uh, I I just never really saw him take that step today and I hope he does because like I said I'm a big Baylor fan I've always liked (laughs) Baylor I needed a little bit of unbiased opinion from a guy who knows what he's talking about when it comes to the safety position and uh, really, he pointed that out, and now I'm, I'm looking at it every single time. I want to see Jalen Petrie play to the football and not play to the work ethic that that where he's kind of showed so far. Right. Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, I, like you said, like I really never saw that at all on tape. You yeah. see a guy who the ball's snapped and he's in the backfield a lot. And, again, you know, a lot of those are stuff you won't even see from, you know, if, if, if you're not looking at all 22 or whatever it is mm-hmm. where – ball's going on the right side he's on the left and you know not not chasing everything down whatever that is but I'm I mean I'm I'm just glad to hear that because I I haven't heard a ton of like talk about you know I mean obviously people Mm -hmm. talk about him but like 
you said you had him kind of in that late first, early second. Like that's kind of, I'm not saying I'm quite that high, but I'm like, this is second round dude for me, you know, like the Javon Holland experiment. I'm like kind of the same player, you know, where I'm going to have him graded. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like I I said, I I see a lot of people being like, Oh, you know, fourth round, fifth round. I'm like, what, what am I missing here? (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think he's that low by any means. I think, I mean, whenever you hear defensive player of the year in the Big 12, you right. think he should be a first-round pick, right? Right. I, I think 45 to 60 is probably that range, which is great for the Cowboys if they yeah. really wanted to try and make a, make a case there. I think 45 to 60 is kind of right in that sweet spot to where at least I would consider taking him. Um, I've heard a lot of people try and push him higher up. I and, and I know Jeff Cavanaugh really likes him, but I haven't asked him that question yet either. I need to ask him kind of where he thinks – Right. He, he could kind of slot in there, but man, it, it, it really is interesting uh, to, 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 to hear Barry kind of talk about him. And he's like, I think he takes too many plays off and I, I still think he could be a special player, but it's mostly if you're going to be known to be a high motor player, which Petrie was known for, that was kind of his calling card throughout the college football season. If you're known to be a high motor player, I need you to not take plays off. I need yeah. you to not take practice off. I want you to continue that motor all the way through and and hopefully he's able to kind of figure that out and he takes it to the NFL because if he does I think he's a starter immediately if he plays right. at a high motor full caliber the way that he did throughout college football I think he could immediately be a starter and an impact player depending on whatever defense he lands on yeah and I mean that position nowadays is just so important as well I mean you got yeah. Guys who can cover on the slot, can cover – I mean, again, he's not a big guy, but, like, he covers tight ends. He comes up and makes tackles on – I mean, he just does does so many different things. That's why it kind of reminds me of a smaller version of what J. Ron Kirsch did this year. Like, he just Gosh, goes, wasn't that so fun, too? It, it was. It was, for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm – I was I was looking through a bunch of stuff today and, and scrolling through you know a bunch of different websites and like the Draft Network site. I was like, where is Petrie at? And they got him. Yeah. I mean, I pulled it up now just to look, but they have him at. And again, I know this stuff changes, and it, but they have him at one fifty two right now. And yeah, I was like, no. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I know I'm not a hundred rankings off, but yeah, there were but, a lot. Um, I, I saw they released an article today too, where it was like Carson strong is the best player, best quarterback in mobile, best quarterback in the draft. And it's like, I don't know if I'm there yet. (laughs) Like, I like, I don't know if that's there, but like you said, it changes, it fluctuates and and really quickly things can kind of get turned on its head. We know how this draft process goes and it's a, it's a process for a reason. Yeah. I know you got a ton of, ton of plans, probably heading over to Veet soon and and hanging out, but, um, (laughs) Anybody else you want to talk about or anything else you want to preview for the, the rest of the week? Uh, nothing crazy. We, we wrapped up our draft show today. We'll have the draft show later in the week and, and kind of talk about these guys. There's a good chance that uh, we get stuck in Mobile, so we may be here till till Friday because of, <laughs> of the ice storm and, and everything that's happening in Texas. So for those of you listening in Texas, stay safe throughout Thursday. Hopefully we'll be back with you. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to continue looking at the offensive line and defensive line prospects because I think that's really where the the early round guys and the attention should go for the Cowboys. And of course, Tyler Linderbaum's not here. Green's not right. here. Those top end prospects aren't a part of the, the senior bowl, but there's a lot of really talented players that could go in the first round or second round guys. I think there's probably 15 guys in Mobile right now that are going to be top 50 picks. Maybe top, maybe 20 guys. That'll be top 50 picks. And 
So there's a lot of really good talent here. And I think that'll continue to grow uh, as we get deeper into the draft process. And there's going to be names that, that pop up out of nowhere. One guy today, uh, Michigan guard, Andrew Stuber, I think yep. is how you say his name. I, I was really impressed with the way that he went up against Perry on Winfrey. He went up against some of the better defensive tackles uh, in the class. And I, I hadn't seen really a deep dive into his tape, but he's a big player, six foot six. Um, and, and he played tackle in 20 starts in Michigan, but he played at right guard today. And he easily was the most consistent guy at right guard all day long. So uh, really interested to see how he continues that going into the latter parts of the week, see which guys shift in the, in the trenches. And then maybe we can, we can find a guy for the Cowboys to be a good fit. It's like the the Zach Martin and Aaron Donald story. You know, nobody was all that mm-hmm. high on those guys. They go to Mobile and they go from late first rounders to I mean, still in middle first round, which is insane to think about nowadays. But yeah, <laughs> they uh, into potentially being Hall of Famers. Yeah, they're both gonna be in the Hall of Fame. I'd bet a, a large chunk of money on that yep. uh, today. So <laughs> always fun to find those guys who are diamonds in the yep. rough or guys who were, you know, borderline first round picks who worked their way into that, uh, that conversation pretty easily. So, yeah. Kyle, man, thanks for uh, coming on and, and uh, giving us a good review of day one and previewing some of the rest of the week too. We'll, uh, we're hopefully we're going to get this out to everybody and they'll be locked in on it and listening to the draft show, of course, as well. So I appreciate your time and uh, have a safe rest of the week in Mobile. Yeah, absolutely. Connor, appreciate you having me as always. Yes, sir, man. Thanks so much. You have a good one. You too.